just don't cry You can rely on me, honey well, welcome everyone to the AXPX Podcast. I am your host, Sean DeRayer, and with me via Skype, all the way from Arizona, uh, Joey Avalos. What's up, Sean? How you doing, bud? Good, man. Work's finally, like, evening out, plateauing, so I'm not as, like, frazzled and crazy as I've been. So oh, hopefully that means more steady, a more steady stream of podcasts. And uh, so we'll see. See what happens. So sorry, everybody, for the, the kind of the drought the past few weeks. But, um, you know, if you're new to the show, check out all the old shows. Hopefully they gave you some time to catch up if you had to. So so uh, I was looking, Joey, at, uh, at the website, and I didn't realize I've been doing this for about a year now. Wow, congrats, man. Sorry, it's been a year. I know, it's kind of flown by. I was thinking the other day, I was like, when the heck did I start this? And I was like, wow, I started this before I had three kids. And I started kind of a, uh, two months before um, little Noah was born. Yeah. So it's kind of cool kind of looking back. I've been scared to go back and listen to the early episodes. <laughs> Same here, man. Um, it, it's it's, but, it's interesting, man. I I, I kind of want to pick your brain about that today. Not like do like a, a reminiscent of the year gone by, but more your right. journey, you know, from uh, start till now. You know, yeah. uh, especially that first one it was so candid, and um, you know, you kind of just did this this monologue for like an hour straight of just yeah. pouring your heart out, you know, to the world. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and, great. I, I haven't done one of those in a while. I've been kind of wanting to, um, yeah. do that. So I may, you know, in the next few weeks, I may do something like that. Yeah, um, good. But I feel, yeah, you know, I was just, it, it's been cool that I started this, and it's actually for me just kind of starting my journey of actually like getting out there and being open and honest about where I stood on things, or even where I didn't stand or didn't know. Mm. Uh, it, I just is at a point where I just kind of had to do it, and kind of with me, it seems like whenever I want to do something like this, I have to kind of just go all out and do something like a podcast or something like that. I know I did it a few years back with uh, an ind- independent music podcast. I was just laying w- around one day and had all, had all these music connections, and I was like, what am I going to do with it? So, uh, I like in the middle of the night, I got up and I started started doing that. It was called uh, Indie Uprising. So that went pretty good until I had kid number two came along and mm-hmm. <laughs> just got kind of ran away from me just too much work for something that I didn't get paid for but it was kind of the same thing with this where I just I needed to kind of just get it out there and instead of like emailing people and talking one-on-one to people I was like I need to just um just put something out and so people if they're if they wonder where the heck I'm coming from why is Sean all of a sudden very vocal about gay rights and why Why is he questioning the Bible and the church and stuff like that? I can right. point them to this, you know, and and it was kind of just a tool that way. I didn't really care who listened. I had no idea, you know. Right. It wasn't like, I'm going to start this thing and it's going to get huge, you know. <laughs> but, um, no, it's been good, man. I think it's, for my personality, it's been very, very therapeutic and a way for me to kind of get back into broadcasting because that's what I went to school for. But right. Clear, you know, Clear Channel was buying mm-hmm. up all these radio stations, and there was just no jobs when I got out of college. Uh, no jobs that paid well. I mean, I could, uh-huh. you know, bust my butt for hardly any money, like a lot of my peers, you know, or just going to something completely different. 
Yeah, for sure, man. Well, so. what do you feel? What do you feel has changed the most, man? Um, we're, I know you, uh, you and I have talking uh, talked about this before, uh, mm-hmm. but like, um, you know, there was almost like this this fear, you know, to yeah. kind of you know express yourself in this way, and I, I wouldn't, yeah. I guess, expose your your deepest, you know, struggles. Yeah. Um, do you feel more comfortable now? Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I feel more comfortable with my unknowing, I think, and good. just kind of shrugging things off and saying, well, that'll be interesting to study one day, right. you know, and not really um, letting it kind of overwhelm me. And that's the thing, man, that two podcasts ago, that podcast on balance really mm. is surprising how, I mean, that, and that's why I started the show. It was almost therapeutic for me just to talk to people. And right. if other people get something out of it, that's awesome. But, you know, talking to Rob and about his, you know, his, uh, his struggle with things and how you know, it was Rob, Rob Davis. Um, mm, yeah, Rob Davis. Yeah, and just talking to him about his, his stuff and his struggles and, and, you know, therapy and all this kind of stuff. And it just, and, and balancing our conversation about just balancing our lives, both he- uh, health wise and uh, mentally and everything, mm-hmm. uh, it was huge. Kind of a, almost a turning point. And then even visiting the folks over at, at the Brea Church, man, that was almost life-changing as well kind of seeing how important community is and we can come back around to that but yeah. i think that the biggest thing like when i first started it was just i had no idea what the heck how people would respond just because you know on facebook a few of my not necessarily close friends but friends from high school and stuff who knew me as kind of this super christian type kid um back in high school and in a little bit of college uh, first year of college maybe but they were all kind of taken aback by my sudden kind of liberal turn, I guess you could say. Hmm. And I was getting a lot of, and I talked about this before, but a lot of private messages on Facebook and just... Worried about um, you, Sean. Yeah, worried about you. So I was like, man, if I just take this turn and just kind of uh, make a statement about where I'm at, like, I mean, the pushback's going to... The most pushback I was worried about was from the people closest from me, Hmm. which, number one, would would be my wife. You know, like, how is she going to respond to me just kind of saying, you know, I don't really know if I believe anymore. Um, I don't know what I believe anymore, and I'm looking into this and kind of questioning the, the, the validity of, of the Bible, which so much of Christianity hinges on, hmm. and even questioning who Jesus was historically and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I know that it worried her the first few months that we started talking about it and even kind of me starting up the, the podcast I think worried her. I, you know, we had a few, even before I started, we had a few conversations late at night, you know, over some, over some drinks and, you know, it got a little bit heated because it was just here. The guy that she married was all of a sudden who I had certain stances and certain beliefs when she married me, all of a sudden here I was kind of being honest about where I was and it wasn't, and I wasn't coming out as an atheist. Right. Um, I still have a lot of issues with atheism in itself as a, as a worldview. Um, personally, but just, it kind of opened a conversation. It was like, it was, it was scary for me because I was like, cause you hear about a lot of people kind of going through divorce cause they have a change in spirituality or, you know, no doubt their faith or lack of faith. So I was scared of that cause it's the last thing I would want to happen would have my best friend, you know, not, you know, not want to be around or, or, or think that she can't, we can't raise children together and. So mm-hmm. it's been good, and I think actually starting up the podcast was kind of therapeutic for her too, because she actually started listening to the podcast herself, 
and kind of getting in a non non discussion like she she was almost forced to listen to my point of view you know <laughs> she right. challenge and right. and and uh it helped her i think and that, that first episode was like she like your tears are coming down her face by the end of that mm. podcast so you know it's a, it's been good and so so i think there's no more fear as far as that goes and then the next fear was like my parents like i knew they were going to start listening and <laughs> you know kind of getting push back from them and, and, and the way they express themselves. I'm more of a conversationalist myself, but my parents and mom and dad, I love you guys very much. I know you're probably listening. <laughs> <laughs> they communicate more comfortably, I think through written word. And so I would put a podcast up and then I would kind of be dreading it. Cause I would know, Oh man, they're listening to it. And then the next day or two days later, I get this book of emails, you know, I <laughs> just, right. Just, and it's not, I mean, it's just, number one, I'm so busy. I stare at a computer screen all day. The last thing I want to do is kind of read something. I'm, like I said, I'm more of a conversationalist. I'm more visual. I'm more, you know, more, I communicate visually and, and through audio, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather talk about it. And we live far away. Like they, they're in Iowa and I'm here. And then with kids and everything, yeah, I get it. It's not a lot of time to really sit and hash things out. Yeah. But, uh, kind of moving through those first month of kind of frustrated emails kind of back and forth and and uh and I think I think it's gotten better. So you looking back on a year, I think actually starting the podcast was for me personally was probably the best thing I could have done and right. I feel like it, it's a way my parents and people like I said to know kind of get where I'm coming from uh and then kind of digest it and then we can talk about it. And right. then we can have conversations. And I think we've had, I've had some great conversations with my dad. And, um, I mean, he's kind of a heretic in certain circles of Christianity with his, mm-hmm. with his friends and stuff. Hmm. <laughs> so he's, I mean, he's challenged the status quo of Christianity and, and organized religion. And, uh, and that's partially where I get it from, but I think I kind of take it the extra mile, you know? Right. But, uh, I, I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm rambling everybody. If, if you know me, I just tend to ramble, but I think, you know, throughout the year, I don't, I think there's less, yeah, there's definitely less fear. Um, I'm not afraid to kind of challenge status quo and I'm not, and I'm not afraid of pushback anymore. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, um, but I don't think that the show is confrontational. And the last thing I want is for the show to be, is the show itself is to be confrontational. Now, my personal beliefs, on the other hand, I can be confrontational a little bit. But, you know, it's kind of a fine line, I think. Yeah, you're not looking for a debate or anything. Not really. Um, The Facebook page and stuff is a little bit different, I think. You know, but I think as the show goes, as far as recording shows, I I feel like it's been cool just getting different points of view out there, you know, on on all sides. And I, you know, hopefully this year it's it's even... uh, even better. I got some. I got some ideas. I still want to get Jay Baker on the show. I still want to get Mike Herrera on the show. Um, we're going to be talking to Trip Fuller about process theology mm. in a, a week or so. Okay. And so that's in the works. And then we're uh, one of his friends. Um, shoot, can you remind me his name? His name. They had that kind of a debate. Not really a debate, but yeah, I don't remember his name. Oh, I, shoot. I... Sorry, what's if you're his, listening. What's his, what's, his pod, <laughs> what's his podcast called again? Well, the podcast itself is called. Um, is it homebrewed Christianity? Homebrewed Christianity. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't his co-host; it was someone else. Um, I think his Twitter is ex pastor, and I'm having a total brain blank right now. 
and I'm afraid to go on the internet on the computer because <laughs> my computer's been a bit wacky, a little sketchy. But uh, anyway, we'll come back around. Um, shoot, Twitter Twitter handle X Pastor is the other person I want to get on the show, and the name's on the tip of my tongue. And I can't think of it. So sorry if you're listening. I know you guys start. I know Trip t- checked out a few of our shows, which was cool. But um. Yeah, I want to talk, you know, process theology, and then and the other other uh, gentleman, um, he went from more Christianity to atheist, so it'll be another one of those conversations, but, um, you know, it's just good to have, you know, I, I, I feel like we can't, I feel like you can't overdo those conversations, because everyone's journey is different, mm-hmm. so we'll just see how, how that goes, and then I want to talk to my friend Chance, he's actually a video game developer, and he works on Call of Duty, the Call of Duty series. And he's been with Infinity Ward since the beginning, so I kind of want to talk and kind of take a turn and kind of talk about his journey, hopefully, and and um, and and I want, what I want to focus that show on is kind of violence in video games and how it affects culture and right. society. So I want to—that's kind of the focus of that show. I got you know wheels are turning, and I'm sure you got some ideas too. Yeah. So, anyway, where, what were we talking about? Talking about the, the we're just talking about your journey, man. <laughs> the purpose of the show from uh, till now, man. For a year now, you um, you know have had how many yeah. podcasts we have? Twenty four. This is number twenty four. Number twenty four, man. So, so yeah, man. What has changed? What have you learned through this process so far? And kind of where you're at, mm-hmm. and just gauging the show a little bit. Not yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I've I think I've covered all that, right? Um, yeah, you did. Well, I mean, I, I just you know I feel more comfortable in my own skin. I think more than I ever have. Yeah, but it was a tough, it was a tough year, and it's still right. kind of every now and then it's, it's a bit tough. But mm. I think, uh, now I think I'm at the next level. I want to start up a community, and uh, we can chat a little bit about that, I guess, too. Um, but for when let me before I jump into that, man, let's let's talk about you. I mean, yeah. you came on the show as just a guest, and you right. were like the one person I knew kind of working in Christian music. So I was like, oh, let's do a Christian music show. And, right. and through our conversation, I realized that like, you know, I, I was assuming that you had been grown, brought up in it, but you were kind of just got a taste of Christian music just because just you wanted a, a chance to play, really. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, a little brief backstory if you didn't listen to the other podcast. Um, uh, you know, I didn't really grow up in the church. I kind of church every Sunday, you know, it was a, a First Baptist church here in Arizona, and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be an Easter and <laughs> kind of churchgoer, um, but not until, like, I was high school when I met my a band that I was in called Justified, that I met the guys, and they were making some changes in their lives. They were all Christians, but they were actually trying to, like, you know, stop drinking and stop partying, start doing all that stuff, you know, trying to shape up and they started a band and you know they were my best friends at the time and uh still to this day really close friends so yeah so that's how i got into that it was more of like trying to do a positive thing with my life not really you know it became a ministry when i started getting into it more but it was more just like man i want to i want to put something positive into the world you know there's so much negative stuff going out there you know and and if i can influence someone to live a positive life, then I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, and to be honest, I had no idea. You know, really, I mean, you just get you go to Bible studies, you just get kind of spoon fed whatever they give you, and you know, and you get kind of caught up in that culture real quick. And that's my experience. You know, um, everyone's different. A lot of people I know that are close friends of mine grew up in the church. I mean, from birth, they were already in the pews. You know. <laughs> 
Um, so, you know, we all have our own experience and stuff. So a couple of years ago, you know, and that's how you and I kind of reconnect a little bit too, is that, you know, I, and I just realized I had no idea what, what I believed or why I believe certain things. And it just kind of, you just take it for granted. You just kind of just go, it is true, you know? And it's not that I'm trying to doubt or try to figure out what's not true in a sense. It's just to understand yourself, you know, why you believe the things you do. And are you just doing things because other people told you this is the way it is and and the truth is this or that um, without doing your own exploration? Find out for yourself. And I mean, I encourage anyone. It doesn't matter. You know, every every Christian should do that. You shouldn't just listen to your pastor tell you what, you know, this is what it is and then don't question it. When people say don't question about stuff, that's when you really need to question, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just changing that. And then when I got into more of the, the scholarship debate and stuff and seeing what scholars have been saying for a couple hundred years, then I really realized that I didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's been a journey, man. It's It's been eye-opening and it's healthy to realize because I don't think any of us want to, uh, you know – have false beliefs or false truths in their lives. And I think I encourage everyone to do that because what, why should we be afraid of the truth? Mm -hmm. You know, and if there is an ultimate truth then we should search for it. And, you know, we have to start questioning when you got, you know, 33,000 different denominations with all different theological, different views. And you got everyone's opinion at the end of the day, you're going, okay, are you all right? Are you all wrong? Or Mm -hmm. just one of you, right? Or a couple or, you know, like what, you, those are some honest questions, you yeah. know, and I think we all need to figure that out for ourselves and not be, yeah. you know, like I said, be just uh, puppets, I guess. Yeah, or com- complacent, I think maybe the word. Yeah, complacent. Yeah. And I, I think that's what I enjoy this journey. You know, our friendship, you know, you and I discussing this, having someone is, is really key to yeah. when you're doing this alone. I mean, it could be daunting to the point that you just give up because the one thing that any kind of organized religion or or that kind of it's a sense of community you mm-hmm. know it's like a family like you hear a lot of stories about even like mormons when they decide that they're not going to be mormon anymore they get excommunicated they like their families disown them you know and their friends don't call them don't talk to them you know they just cut them off i'm not sure if that's the case across the board but you hear about these stories yeah. and it could be it could be scary if you're just all alone and we're social beings so um you definitely want people that are like-minded you know and and if you feel like you're an outsider or you're the only one questioning about stuff or you're the only one that care, feels like you care what's true, <laughs> then you do feel kind of outside. And it's yeah. always good to have people to help you along your journey too. Yeah. You know? And that that's why the, this thing that I, I mentioned, this little bonus episode I threw up there just as I was driving, I hit record on my phone. <laughs> right. Um, with my with my headset on, people. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't <laughs> touching the phone, hands-free. Um, you know, I... Uh, that's why I wanted to start start this thing. I was thinking I need to start some sort of community or meetup, something you know. Hey, we're going to be here every other Wednesday or whatever. We'll be somewhere, and you know, hopefully, if people, you know, need someone to talk to or just a group of people who are non-judgmental, you know, just have a right. beer, have a beer with or water if you don't drink, it doesn't matter. You don't have to, you yeah. don't have to drink. But yeah, I figure that's the, kind of the next step with like my kind of my journey is kind of starting up some sort of meetup group. When it's called Skeptic. And uh, it's without the vowels. <laughs> nice. So I mean, just gonna call it skeptic. But um, you know, on the, on the website, it's uh, skptc.org. Yeah. But um, 
but we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, this week, you know, on uh, on Wednesday, I'll be at Crushin' Brew in Temecula, Old Town Temecula, California, and you know, I think five people so far accepted the invitation on Facebook. So that's you know, cool, we'll see. And and that's it's called skeptic, but I want to kind of bring in anyone who's skeptical about anything. So and the reason why you I know, got, I well, think we're all yeah. I think we're all skeptical. Well, exactly. Man, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so I didn't want to limit it to oh here's another here's a uh, a, a non belief group you know what I mean oh this is just another atheist group you know and that's definitely not what I want at all but um but I was meeting with uh, are you are you there yeah I am okay cool I'm, I'm paranoid that the call's gonna drop <laughs> <laughs> but um I I got a I, I was on Facebook and I got uh, a private message from a friend of mine, um, someone that I used to to see quite a bit, and I'm gonna I want to keep them uh, pretty anonymous here because they're still very involved in a kind of a Christian circle. Um, but he was having you know it's out of the blue I got a a message from him on on Facebook and saying hey you seem very open minded I'd like to you know. You know, meet up sometime, have lunch or have have coffee or whatever, and and uh, it was really busy. I, I you know busy with the kids and stuff. So a couple of weeks went by, maybe a month went by, and we finally got together for coffee. And and he's kind of in the same place that we are, you know, or, or we were like a year ago, right. where he was having these questions, and he didn't necessarily want to throw everything out, but um, you know, he believe he, he believes there's something greater, but is like, but but is that found in Western Christianity? You know, is the mm. faith that I was raised in, you know, is that the right one? And just kind of a lot of things he's learned. And, and he's, it's funny, man. It's just like, just like you, just like me, gathering up mm. as many books as he can, watching as many documentaries <laughs> as he can. Yeah. And hanging out with just people who are completely opposite. He's been visiting all these different churches. Uh, he went to like a, uh, uh, all these different types of churches. And, and uh, he even went to, I think, a Mormon temple once um so so just meeting him and talking to him it was like man you know there's a ton of us out there you know and you know we need to have some sort of community you know because community is an important thing and like you said that's why people stay in the church really yeah you know people um just they just don't know where else to go and they're so dug in and they keep their true feelings to themselves and just kind of go along with it and you know and the people in the christian music industry i, I was listening to seth andrew's mm. newest podcast and he yeah. said that there's someone who's involved with one of the main christian bands that like you know um up in like, one of the biggest christian bands out there he was one of the founders and i'm not sure maybe from the 80s or 90s or whatever i, I don't know who it was you know, maybe, maybe newsboys. I don't know. <laughs> um, but whoever it was had wrote him a letter saying that he didn't believe anymore, but he is stuck, you know, in this, in Nashville, basically, you know, in the whole Nashville yeah. Christian music thing, because that's his income. Right. Um, and, you know, but what if there was some sort of, I mean, it, it, it stinks that it, it's that hard when, if you have any sort of questions, you know, that you're you have this fear of just being, excommunicated from your friends, you know, and your, your livelihood and your work, you know? Yeah. So, so anyway, starting that up, we'll see how it goes. I'll keep you guys posted. And it's one of those things, you know, hopefully if you're listening and you're, you come through Southern California at some point and you're around that, that time, you know, it's, it's going to be a, 
a place that we can you can actually know you'll find you'll find some people. Uh, so we'll see, man. I'm gonna hopefully gonna be just a, a regular Wednesday thing at, at Crusher Brew. I'll talk to the owners, I guess. Too. It's probably only gonna be a handful of us, so I'm not really worried about it. But right. But uh, you know, I don't know. It's exciting. That's good, man. Good for you, man. I I think it's important to build community and stuff. And um, with me, I I kind of have more of a I'm an introvert, you know, so. <laughs> I kind of have lonerism anyways, you know, like I'm okay to be alone. Like I get, if I'm around a lot of people, I get drained easily. Yeah. You know, I played in bands all my life, but I only could last for so long. Like you'd be <laughs> hanging out with people and stuff and you're getting late and you're going to Denny's or IHOP or whatever. Yeah. I'm, there's a certain point that, you know, I'm <laughs> done, man. I need to go to a hotel or just, you know, disappear for a while. But yeah. So, you know, we, yeah. I was going to ask you, like when we first started talking, um, you were, I mean, you were afraid to even kind of be 100%, you know, let people know where you were at on the pod, the first podcast you were on. Well, yeah, you know? I mean, the thing is, is that the, the problem with when you're you're going through your own personal journey and you don't have the answers, people are going to ask questions. And if you don't have the answers, it's just, it's a little stressful, you know? Mm-hmm. And like kind of like what you said, there was, I think you you put this perfectly, um, in the podcast past that you you felt like there was like this like this ticking clock it was running mm-hmm. down and you had to make a decision or figure something out at this point if not you know like what are you gonna do everyone's like come on figure it out sean figure it out you know and it's just it maybe it's just we make up this added pressure in our mind but that's how it feels you know like we need to quickly that's why you feel like you have to read everything mm-hmm. and watch everything and it's like i need to figure this out or i can't move on with my life and in a sense, you can't, you know, it really does consume you and it should in a sense, you know, because we really, you're, you're hungry to find the truth. You want to make sure that you're not just another guy out there saying stuff, but you don't really believe it. Or maybe you, you, you do believe it, but you don't, you have no reason why you're just mm-hmm. kind of becoming a minute. You're, you're just saying what other people have said in the past without even like looking it up or questioning it or, and, um, you know, I think it's not really – I didn't really have a fear in, in a sense that it's just that – it's more of that the questions. You know, you, you just dread hearing people like, so what do you – what are you? And all this like, man, don't even start with the what, it, what are you yeah. debate. Yeah. I, hate, I hate titles and, 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 you know, put me in a box in the first place because it was fun, funny the other day. Like some – I was reading these bunch of theologians going back and forth about some stuff and they're debating stuff and – and one guy, one just, you know, passerby was like, well, it sounds like you have liberal theology. theology." And, and the guy goes, what does that even mean? And they go, Dude, there's so many different versions of liberal, what quote-unquote liberal theology is. Yeah. You know, you got people that, that are so, in a sense, quote-unquote liberal, they don't even believe in God. But they still consider themselves Christian. You right. know, and that's, I think that's what I get. I get kind of tired of the whole I'm right, you're wrong kind of debate because, yeah, we're all searching for truth, but at the end of the day, we almost – we bring in so much baggage and so much of our own personal experiences that we all want to be right and we can't all be right. If that is true, then universalism is true. And if that's true, then what's the point in even debating you know, or even yeah. having discussions? I mean I think it's more important – 
of how we act towards each other and how we treat one another than exactly if we get perfect theology, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's what I've had that's discussions lately with some friends of mine that are actually going to seminary and talking about theology. It's like, dude, let's not even talk about theology. It's a waste of time right now. And they agree. You know, they just understand. It just puts up walls. It becomes like, well, this is my interpretation. Mm-hmm. And well, it, you know, are, are you the lucky one out of all the people in the world? You figured it out and you got it right. <laughs> I just don't, I can't buy that, man. Yeah. You know? I think that's why I'm so, I'm so interested in, uh, why I'm excited to talk to Trip Fuller about process theology. Because that seems, it seems right. more of a theology that's a bit more uh, liquid, I guess, you know? <laughs> But uh, we'll see, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. Just I, mean, I don't know much about process theology. Yeah. That's the only sense I get from it is that God is still speaking. Like, why Why would – and this is an interesting point that I wanted to talk about your recent um, – mm-hmm. uh, going to that church that's uh, LGBT friendly. Yeah. Um, they kind of said something that's interesting that, like, that really stuck with me is, like, I can't really believe that God stopped talking 2,000 years ago in a book. You know, like mm-hmm. – Here's the book, done, sorry, I don't talk anymore, I don't say anything else, you know? Like, that's what I get a sense from, I could be completely wrong about process theology, but it feels like it's almost like God is still speaking, he's still revealed. But even charismatic churches believe that too, I mean, the ones that believe in speaking in tongues and prophecy, and they still still feel that God is is speaking too. So, I mean, I -hmm. I, I don't think they're the only ones, but I... I, But is he saying anything new? Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's what I was just wondering. Is like, God did God have everything He needed to say, and now He just reruns? You know, that's what I'm saying. I think is God- maybe that's the that's the charismatic movement. Is mm-hmm. everything has to be kind of cross uh, cross referenced with the Bible. Right. So if it's saying anything that contradicts the Bible or goes against <laughs> something that was written down. Then that's bad prophecy, right? That's that's a right. That's a, that's a false prophet, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to to talk. And that's why you know when I heard about when I when I heard uh, that conversation um, with Trip Fuller, I was like, man, I really need to have him on. And uh, it's funny because what's funny is I was kind of giving him little elbows on Twitter, and <laughs> he responded. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, uh, Trip, if you're listening, man, and, you know. Uh, I'm just just ribbing you a little bit. I'm not I'm not trying to be an asshole. <laughs> but my my whole my whole point was um the whole point was and I, I want to talk with Chip about this because he was on stage and he was trying to be more of like kind of like a comedian. You know what I mean? You can tell he was kind of uh, trying to feed from the audience or you know what I mean. And it wasn't being yeah. like transparent. It was there was a it wasn't real conversation. But once they transitioned from in front of a crowd. To in front of a small gathering, I think what they did was they they had it in front of the people, in front of people, uh, and then you know the next day uh, they decided to to continue the conversation with just them and maybe a handful of other people, and that once it got to that point of the conversation, it was fantastic. It was like real. Yeah. It was honest. Um, he didn't have there was kind of a, he didn't have the entertainer mask on. Right. You know, and that's and that's what I'm, you know, and that's what I meant by kind of I, I was like, you know, the, uh, the second half is the best I've ever heard, you know, of of Tripful or whatever, you know, right, right. But I, I feel I feel like the best conversations are ones where there is no wall, and it's just if you can be open and honest with people, I think that 
can be received a lot uh, a lot easier. It's a lot easier to go down, and even to hear someone with a differing perspective or different, you know, it's easier in a one-on-one conversation. Um, I think to be real, and those yeah. are the kind of conversations I think that I seek out, and uh, those are the kind of conversations I want. I don't know if I ever want to do this in like front of a, a gigantic audience. I'm not, you know, I don't know. Who knows, man? Maybe it would work out. Right. You know, but um. But yeah, you know, I, I'm excited to to to, pr- to talk more about process theology and kind of get to the bottom of, you know, what what makes it uh, what make what 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 makes it so attractive to certain people. And because really, man, when I was at that church, when I was at uh, Brea Congregational United Church of Christ, they need to shorten their name. <laughs> yeah, some kind of acronym somewhere. Whew. Um. But, you know, it was, and I don't know if I mentioned, I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast, but I mean, when I, when I walked in, it was like, I, 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 I drive up and it's a small little church. It's tiny. It reminds me of kind of a country, little country church. And I drive up and I'm the first one there. And, um, it's funny. They have a cross, a big old cross on the church and it's actually a cell tower. So there were guys working on the cross. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and they're asking me if do you have the keys because they needed to get into some sort of oh, panel wow. somewhere. And I was like, oh no, I'm I'm just visiting. I don't know. And because I was there early for their little kind of adult study, adult Bible study, and they're actually going through some John Dominic Cross and uh, the Challenge of Jesus, which was fascinating, by the way. Um, yeah. So, so I I show up there, and then and um, a woman walks in, and uh, she introduces herself. She's like, hi, I'm I'm Janine, and. I'm like, okay, I'm Sean, and you know, uh, I do the podcast. She's like, oh yeah, we were, we were expecting you. Glad to meet you. And and then she looks at me. She goes, can you help me bring down all these chairs? <laughs> you know. So here <laughs> I am. You know, we just met, and I'm helping set up this, the little, you know, the study room. You know, that's awesome. And it turns out that she's the pastor. She's the co-pastor. I didn't know, you know. And uh, it was just that kind of real um, connection was great, you know, and. I didn't when I I I went through that little study and I met everyone and there's just it, it was like all those people were so happy to be a part of of the church and every single one of them had a different kind of theological bent bent you know one one uh, one of the new members you know was saying she's I mean she's coming from a, from a crazy roller coaster of a past and she was like you know I don't really know if I really believe you know, everything, but I'm open, but this community makes it easy for me to come in and ask questions, you know, and, um, and you just don't really get that in too many churches. So, um, it was great, man. I just, I, I really, I want to go back. Um, it's one of those things, if it was close by, I would definitely, it would definitely become part of my home, my home church, you know, definitely go there a lot more and, and we'll see. Yeah, they and, really had that. They had that really hippie vibe. You yeah, know? Like, <laughs> yeah. It was great. I think they even said. I think they even said that. <laughs> yeah, and you know the church service was. It was very like, because I I have about a Lutheran background. It reminded me of when I used to go to Lutheran church. Mm-hmm. You know, they would stand up and all kind of say uh, like prayer things together and sit back down, and it was, it was a little too structured for my taste. I and of course I I went out of the Lutheran thing and went straight into kind of more evangelical, like uh, non-denominational type, you know, rock and roll churches, you know? Right. Of course. And I was like, man, if there's a church that combined like the, the, what I like from the, uh, 
non-denominational churches I went to, to the openness and inclusion of this church. I mean, that would be amazing. But it's like, and, and but I was thinking, I'm like, man, you know, I don't really care about the church service so much. You know, and 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 Pastor Janine was the one giving the the sermon. And I I can't remember exactly what it was about, but it was it was focused around kind of inclusion and focused around kind of being a part of your community and, and socially and, and and environmentally friendly. And it was very, you know, a very liberal type. Um, I hate the word liberal, but, yeah, you know, it's one of those shortcut words, I guess, uh, theology. But um, it was great. And, and it was, she was reading, she had prepared a speech and was reading it. You know, it wasn't off the cuff, but it was really well written. And, and but what made my experience there so wonderful was the people, you know, and uh, mm. it was funny. Um, the the guy who helps out with the youth, um, I want to be talk. I want to talk to him and his his husband <laughs> uh, about uh, about gay marriage. Um, we're gonna try to organize that, Joey's. And I may do it like cool. through Skype, or I may just go up and visit them. I kind of okay. want to go up to their home and visit them, and I want to have more, more personal. A, yeah, but we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. But um. They bring the kids up and they do a little kid, a little kid message for the kids, and um, and he says that and he goes and you know some people, you know, and it was the focus of their most of the message are inclusion and, and not pointing people out and he goes you know some people are mean and you know some people are are I, I can't remember exactly what he said but he but he introduced his husband you know mm-hmm. uh, to the to the kids. And uh, the the old me, the old evangelical me, like the necks on my hair, like the, the my hair on my neck, kind of stood up. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, oh man, like I, my old self almost was like, it was weird, man. It was a weird reaction. Um, right. But it was because you know, like, I, but I was thinking like, man, so many people would have a problem with a youth, you know, and it's all stereotype, right? Right. Like, of a youth pastor. Who's also gay introducing his husband, right? And it's like, um, there was a weird kind of reaction that I had in my head. It wasn't necessarily me, but it was kind of old me slash, you know, people visiting who came would come from an evangelical background, you know? Yeah. But well, then, isn't isn't it just like um, I might be speaking out of ignorance here too, so forgive <laughs> me. But like the Boy Scouts of America, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, they they just made a big change. Now they're accepting what I guess you would say. Um, I don't even know how they would do this. I don't even – that's the problem with this whole situation. What What – is there a test? Like why <laughs> should there be even a test or even like I don't even know the discussion of our sexuality should even be brought up, you yeah. know? It yeah. just it, it's, it's silly to me. Like how do you tell? And then if, or now you just just go on by stereotypes, you know? Right. It's kind of like we have down here Sheriff Joe Pyro. He just got in trouble – Yesterday, I think uh, something happened. I know I'm going on a tangent, but this this does make sense, hopefully. Um, but he was t- he's been tar- targeting illegal immigrants in Arizona. But guess who he's targeting? Of course, people that look like they're from Mexico. Right. You know, he's not targeting maybe some Canadians that snuck over here, or you know, some India people, or you know, these whatever. The problem is, is that no matter what, it's racial profile. You know, because yeah. he was doing these sting operations just and he would go in certain areas like guadalupe like uh, where it's you know for sure that there's gonna be a lot of undocumented um illegal immigrants there and you know just arresting them you know and then uh, holding them for way too long so anyways he got i think a civil law thing 
he got um, judged against you no know, criminal stuff against his his people and his posse and stuff. But still, mm-hmm. it's kind of obvious, and you hear the debate of that. You know, it's like uh, it's just kind of like that. It's like we we look at that target, you know, and if it's uh, you know if you're saying oh that person looks gay or he's acting gay, right. you know, like how would you do that even with in um, Boy Scouts? I mean, I don't even know like. What's the age limit? You know, what's the yeah. age? <laughs> you go like a ten-year-old, and like, are you gay? And he's like, yes. And he's like, well, you can't be here. You know, what I mean, like, how's the process anyway? How do they know? First of all, well, it's well, I, it, no, it's funny. I, I knew. I, I think it's, his name's Matt. Um, uh-huh. Him and his husband were impeccably dressed. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, no, it's, I, I'm, I'm joking, but uh. I was jealous. I was like, man, I, I wish I, I wish I wish I had the the time and the focus to make sure I looked good. <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, and and he was uh, he was wearing a pink shirt, and I think that's what that's what the conversation was about because he was saying, you know, some people think that pink is a girl color, and you know, and uh, who who's to say that uh, you know it's a girl color? You know what I mean? Well, but, and uh, and I don't and I don't know too, man. You know, I would like to talk to some of my friends about this too that are I know that are are, are gay too, and you know. Do they get caught up in the old, you know, stereotype culture stuff too? Do they feel like almost like, you know, like when you, I don't know, I, I don't know, you kind of, like you said, those stereotypes, you know, dress real nice or wear, you know, bright colors or whatever, mm-hmm. stuff that you wouldn't feel like a heterosexual male would wear or something like that. Right. Um, it'd be interesting to see, like, if they feel themselves getting caught up in that cultural. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's the thing that I myself am battling. I'm battling the old, old self, you know, myself my my old thinking you know why you know what is it that triggers that why when i saw him for the first time no did i think did i and i want to i totally want to talk to him about this i want to be i mean i'm being transparent here i'm not gonna yeah of course okay this is this is what went through my mind i saw i saw him and and uh you know them and i was like i'll bet you he's probably gay you know and but what is it you know is that my old is that is that society you know, being brought up in a society, in a male-dominated society, you know, because mm. really none of that should matter. Who gives a shit if he's wearing a pink shirt? You know what I mean? I mean, why does <laughs> right. that even trigger anything in my brain, you know? No. So I think there's – I think through starting communities and things like that, we can tear down those kinds of stereotype, stereotype walls. And I, 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 you know, like I said, I, I don't want to – I mean, you know, someone can listen to this and kind of – point the finger at me and say well you're definitely you're you're stereotyping and you know, yeah I, I was you know yeah and it was the wrong thing for me to do but what triggered that you know right. and but i think now i'm at a place where i can see these things and you know and kind of change my course and my thinking um to just why does it even matter it doesn't matter you know so right. i got a chance to talk to them afterwards and they're fat I, mean, I i i had such a great time talking to them i wish they would have would have hung around um but that's kind of what I feel like. I mean, that's how like the human existence should be. There should be none of these kind of walls in front of us, and we just look at each other in the eyes and have a conversation and a dialogue. And uh, just the fact that I was a person who vocally takes a stand for for uh, homosexuals and the LGBT movement and and gay marriage, like they thought that was huge, and uh, they were m- massively appreciative. And and even after that podcast i had an old friend from uh from high school who everyone i mean i it's one of those things you know stereotypes but he he, yeah he did fit a lot of the stereotypes okay and 
But uh, he got picked on so much in high school, and I feel like I had such a jerk, too, because I kind of would laugh with the others and stuff like that. But he sent me a message and you know, asked me, he was asking me, like, hey, what changed? I see that you're you're an ally of the LGBTQ community. I really appreciate that. And, and wow, you're from small town Garner, Iowa. You know, what happened? What made you change your stance? Or have you all, you know? So, hmm. um, anyway, man, it's just... Uh, I don't know where we're going with this. We're just kind of rambling a little bit, but uh, I yeah. I see more community of just can we just come in and and that's whole getting back to this whole skeptic meetup thing. Like, can we all put everything aside at the door and come in and just have just appreciate each other for who they are and, and our backgrounds and and uh, where you know and have conversations about our own you know frustrations and and you know bring up bring up stereotypes and hopefully break down all those stereotypes um mm-hmm. so i don't know it's pretty i think it's gonna be a pretty exciting year so it's kind of turning okay. into a, a retrospective i guess a little bit yeah but uh anyway i don't know if all that made sense everybody <laughs> <clears throat> so now everyone's like oh sean's the sean's trying to be all open-minded but look he's he's bigoted too <laughs> hey oh, man. everyone's a everyone has their their hangups and but i think the problem is people don't try to work through them and notice them to change so uh, yeah well you're at least honest you know i mean i think i think a lot of what you're going through is a cultural thing how you were raised you know um in the community that you were raised and how you saw the world you know so mm-hmm. when you see that you know see something that doesn't fit in your old world view i mean granted think about this i mean we're always in a process, you know. Yeah. We're always taking in new information, throwing out, hopefully throwing out bad information and taking good. Right. But just think culturally, man. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like to paralyze, uh, parallel these things like this, the civil rights movement or even women's rights movement. Think it hasn't been that long, but think about everyone's worldview back then, how yeah. they saw stuff. And if they saw – you know, an African American man try to use their bathroom or the same. You know, they would freak them out. You know, yeah. oh my gosh! But you know, I know for me speaking for myself, I don't freak out if I'm in a bathroom with an African American. You know, I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sharing the same space with them. You know, yeah. But people did feel that way. Now, I just don't know if it's a cultural thing. You know, um, I don't even know if it's a biological thing, man. I'm not. You know, they'd be my. You know, it might be a, something to have Rachel back on to talk about this stuff. Yeah. You know, like, is is there something triggering because we are heterosexuals and we see something like that? Is it is it part cultural and is there anything biological about it that makes you go, whoa, what's going on here, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with cultural. I think it's so. My layman stance on it. <laughs> yeah. No, not a professional. <laughs> Don't take our words for it. We're, we're, armchair philosopher here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> armchair in it. <laughs> yeah. Have I mentioned on the show about people who try to? Uh, when I first started the show, I had somebody on Facebook try to insult me. Right. By choosing the name insu- uh, armchair philosopher, and of course he went to like Urban Dictionary. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah. yeah, Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's accurate. But uh, you know, and uh, but I, that's the thing. Like I don't, I don't see. Uh, I, I don't see armchair philosopher as a negative thing because that's what I am, man. I'm I'm trying to wax philosophical and it's kind uh, of tongue in cheek a little bit. It is totally, it totally is. And I have some people like, well, aren't you? Aren't you trying to be? Aren't you a philosopher? I'm like, no, I'm not a philosopher because I would have a. There's on Facebook, you know, they have 
handful of people are, it seems like they're all going to the same Bible college, but <laughs> sample of guys were challenging some things and they would kind of like try to throw all this like, uh, philosoph philosophical terms my way and, you know, try to prove that, oh, you don't know what you're talking about because, you know, do you know what this is or have you heard of this? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not a philosopher. That's the whole thing. <laughs> That's the whole name of the show. Right. It's, it means I'm not a philosopher, but, you know, I'll take a stab at talking about this stuff, you know. It's just like an armchair quarterback, man, when you, you yell at your TV screen and say, oh, man, why did you throw that interception? I could, yeah. you know, like you could have done better than that, you know. Well, people try to do the armchair thing, quote, unquote, armchair thing and kind of give it a negative connotation. I'm like, no, right. this, this, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it back. Um, same thing with, uh, I was thinking about this the other day, um, the term free thought, free thinker. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, I kind of want to take that term back from the atheists, you know, because a lot of atheists say they, they consider themselves free thinkers, you know, but I, I think you can, you can be a Christian free thinker, you know, yeah. you're not following along the norms. You're, you're thinking for yourself, right? That's what free thought should be. Um, yeah. someone who thinks for themselves. So I'm kind of on this little, yeah platform to take the term back to just because I, I wanted to i was going to put it on my facebook and i'm like oh man people are just gonna think i'm an atheist you know i just because that's almost no one wants to say atheist anymore because they're kind of scared of the term uh all the hang-ups it has but um yeah i don't even when it comes to definitions and stuff yeah. who cares but yeah. like you know even the word skeptic man you know you're, you're yeah. taking that back i think skeptic you know has a negative to me at least sometimes people yeah. are like oh you're skeptic you know like you don't believe anything you're just like every, everything's hogwash you know <laughs> and you know what do you believe in you know it's yeah. almost like that yeah but you should be skeptical you should be skeptical about your your church your government your anything man you should you know I think it's unhealthy just to always just you know it's, it, there's, there's a difference between being unruly and then just open mind and say, you know what, I need that information, now let me do my own research on it, you know, yeah. instead of just like, you know, being closed-minded, skeptic, yeah. I guess. Well, there's, there's uh, being an anarchist and then there's being a skeptic, you know what I mean? Anarchist just goes against everything, you know, right? Um, just just off of principle, like, <laughs> they just want to stir the pot all the time, that's an anarchist. Right. And your skeptic is just kind of, you know, a skeptic kind of wants to get get to the truth. You know what I mean? A skeptic mm -hmm. is a is the is a truth seeker, really. You know, and I know there's nothing wrong with that at all. So yeah. I kind of I like that I'm calling the communities that I'm starting up skeptics. It's going to kind of keep out the. I'm hoping it. You know, it's going to kind of filter out <laughs> certain people. No, you're not uh, a atheist in wolf clothing, are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we'll see, man. I mean, I'm I'm sure uh, we'll have I'll have Christians come and and. Um, I mean, that's the thing. All, all are welcome. It's just, but it's, this isn't a Bible study. And I, I had a friend, you know, kind of looking at it as a, as a Bible study. And I'm like, no, man, it's, it's not a Bible study. This is like, well, we if probably, it is, it's going to be some kind of Bible study. <laughs> <you've never been. laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it, you know, there may be Bible discussion. There may not be, you know, yeah. um, maybe we'll all pick a book and we'll all read it and talk about, you know, the couple chapters we read, you know, something like that. that that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Right. You know, <clears throat> so that's good, man. Speaking of books, um, I just uh, I just got done listening to uh, Christopher Hitchens' Mortality. Oh, kind I of. never I never listened to that. It's before. uh, it, it's basically what he was writing when he died. Um, he was writing articles for uh, Vanity Fair, right, about his 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 um, battle with cancer. Yeah, 
mm. things like that. And it's uh, it's it's basically an unfinished book. It's uh, it's kind of, I think it's only only eight chapters are his writing. The final chapter is his wife. Oh and, wow! Um, and well, in, in chapter eight is um, all just random kind of things he had scrawled out and unfinished thoughts and stuff like that. So there's only seven real seven real chapters from Christopher Hitchens as he was going through his battle with cancer from like 2010 uh, till 2000 when he died 2011 2012 I think I think yeah I think it was 2011, 2011. yeah yeah um and uh it's really good I I recommend it I had uh, I've audible so I had uh, downloaded the book and listened to it and it's a quick listen it's only I think 4 hours maybe yeah and I don't know who it's read by um I can't, I can't pull it up right now but but uh, it was good. It's kind of, uh, I mean, what do you do when you face your own mortality? You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. uh, deep. <laughs> it was, it was, it was kind of his thoughts and his uh, on on a lot of things paralleling with his battle with cancer. And he called it the alien inside him, right? You know? And um, it seemed like he had kind of beat it for a while, and then he contracted some pneumonia. Hmm. Also, like a couple times, I don't know if it's actually ultimately the pneumonia that killed him. Probably, um, man. Usually, that's what the case is. It's usually not completely the cancer. It's always well, something else. Well, the problem is the chemotherapy weakens your immune system so much, right? Right. That um, I mean, you're killing your body, and you're hoping that you kill the cancer before your body, right? That's pretty much chemotherapy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I would recommend it to anyone. I think because um, it's not an atheist-heavy book. He has an atheist perspective. Yeah, it's not God. God is not great, or it's not like that. It's just kind of someone's inner monologue while they're going through this, and he has such a way with words. Yeah, he's a great writer. uh, The final chapter, man, with his wife, and his wife read it too, slayed me because it was just. Oh man, it was her talking about her sense of loss, and and because the man just wrote, you know, he wrote. So she went back to their one of their other homes. They have a couple homes, and. Where in one of the homes he would go and write, and she said there was just manuscripts everywhere, just echoes of Christopher Hitchens. And she would just mm. say Hitch, you know, echoes of Hitch yeah. everywhere she went. Um, letters, like he would write her letters and notes, and um, it's uh, uh, it was good. It was it was it kind of puts things in perspective. I think that I I feel like even though Christopher Hitchens had hey had this kind of not necessarily a war against Christianity. Maybe he did, you know, but I think against fundamentalism. That's, that's the thing I think he had the main problem with, but, um, it shows that at, at, at the end of the day, you know, all that really isn't the main focus, you know, the main, the main people that suffered the biggest loss were those closest to him, like his wife, his friends. And really, I mean, that's the, what I feel like in my life, kind of going full circle with this year like what i've come to realize is i mean the most important things in my life are my family and that's the number one thing that i need to focus on and and when i was talking to my to my friend over coffee um about religion and things like that i I told him i said look if religion gets in the way of the people you love then there's a problem you know if Mm -hmm. if anything gets in the way of that it's not a healthy it's not something that you should probably be pursuing, right? You know, and ultimately, friends are great, but the biggest thing that I, I feel like the biggest, most important thing in my life is my family and right. my kids, and I need to be, as opposed to being focused on 
kind of going back to balance too, as opposed to being focused so much on where I'm at with my faith or not or lack of faith or doubt, like all that stuff at the end of the day, when, when my, when my time is done, like all that can go by the wayside. It's what impact that I leave on those around me. Was it a positive exactly. one or was it a negative one? I, I want, I mean, I think that even though Christopher Hitchens was largely like, he sounded, he sounded like a largely negative person, but he had such a wit about him yeah. um, as far as his writing went. But it sounds like his personal life was filled with friends and family. And they, they his wife talks about these, uh, these dinner parties that he would throw just last minute. He would throw these dinner parties and they would last like eight hours long. Hmm. And it, he would be giving toast after toast, and uh, er, you know, one toast would go on twenty minutes of him just, or you know, just, just going off on some oratory thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and man, it's uh, I, I'm definitely not la- not that good with words <laughs> as far as that <laughs> stuff goes. But I think you know, if you're just an open and honest person, and and open to conversation, and just. Uh, being someone that appreciates people no matter where they are at in their life, I feel like that goes a long, you know, that goes longer, a longer way. Or I, I can't see. I'm horrible with words, right? If I was Christopher <laughs> Hitchens, I'd have some crazy um, way of describing it, and it'd all be profound. <laughs> a wonderful British accent, too. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like you know, at the end of the day, all that really, the mo- the biggest thing that matters is your the impact on your family and and. And your your kids and your children and and uh, you know pushing them off in the right direction and, and uh, you know so that's it man that that's that's all I got I don't know that's good stuff man well it's been a year and it's been a good year it's been uh, some highs and low but I think you know the show as I look back on the sh- the show and as the show's developing stuff we've had some interesting guests and. It's always fun, you know. Some people ask me, like, so uh, why do you, you know, why do you do these radio shows and stuff? And like, there's a part of me like, it's not really for it's it's a selfish thing because I like to hear people's stories. You know, yeah. it's not really about all about what you're going through, Sean, or what I'm yeah. going through. It's really I I enjoy hearing other people's stories because yeah. I love stories. You yeah. know, and that, yeah, and that that's the focus of the show. It's not necessarily about me, and I feel like this is the most I've talked in a long time. Yeah, you know, just this show right here, but um, we we should do these probably more often. Uh, we always try to, and then also we get a guest, and it's like, but uh, that's the thing. Instead of you and me just talking, I I, I always kind of default to a guest and hearing their story right. because I'm fascinated with people's with with people's journeys, and and I think if you're just open to listening to someone instead of combating them, uh, you can learn a lot. And um, so yeah, this this show's never about being combative with anyone i want anyone to come on the show and feel that they can that they can just give us their point of view without being challenged you know right and so we said why don't you challenge him on that or why don't you challenge him on on this thing he said it's like well it's, it's not it's not the show we're not a debate show yeah we're kind of a story show kind of people i want to just document people's journeys and you know and including my own i guess our own journeys kind of interspersed between everything right exactly but uh, but yeah, I'm excited, man. So hopefully we're gonna be talking to Trip next week or the following week, just depending when things line up. I'm still I, I would love to do a show every single week, but I'm kind of just, you know, as as we have time. Like I said, I'm I'm I don't want to put the show before my kids, before my family. So if there's something going on that weekend, it's just not gonna have a show, and I, I may not even broadcast that there's not gonna be a show. So 
you know, I don't know if that's the right way to do a podcast or not, but uh, these are going to be here online forever, and so it's like it's not like it's not like mm-hmm. a TV show that is going to be aired every week, you know? <laughs> right. And Why? I mean, if any any of the listeners out there have any any ideas for shows, or yeah, definitely want us to discuss, or maybe some guests that we you want us to try to get on the show, yeah, totally. Let us know. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you have a story of your own, let us know. You know, drop an email. It's sean at theaxpx.com. You can easily go to the website, theaxpx.com. Go to the contact page, and there's an email form right there. Fill that out. Drop the email our way. And, uh, you know, I'd love to hear your story, too. So I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, just rambling. I was going to do musical breaks, and I completely forgot, but, you know, (laughs) that's, you know. So be it. So be it. (laughs) So say we all. Right? Is that how it goes? I guess. Are you a, are you a, are you a Battlestar Galactica fan? Man, actually, my wife is at uh, Phoenix Comic Con right now. And... Uh-huh. Your wife's a nerd. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, she's not. She's a. They have writer. She's a writer, so right. they have a bunch of writing conferences and stuff there That's too. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Let's see what else can be. What, is there anything else we can talk about? I saw the new Star Trek. Oh, how was that? I haven't seen it. It's pretty good. Uh, all yeah. I gotta say is like ben- Benedict Cumberbatch is is awesome. Benedict Cumberbatch. I just want to talk like Benedict Cumberbatch for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'll take your word on that, man. I haven't seen one Star Trek show ever. Oh, <laughs> this one's good. Like this, the newest, the newer ones. They're a lot more. Uh, they're they're good. I mean, I think they're a lot more uh, mainstream friendly. I think. Right. Which is kind of a lot of the Star Trek nerds are starting to freak out because the newest one they kind of parallel Wrath of Khan a little bit. Hmm. I'm not saying that Khan's in the movie. I wouldn't spoil that for anyone. <laughs> not a spoiler, everybody. Not well, now that the wife is out of school, she's a teacher, so we can go see some movies now. Um, it's just crazy with the school year and yeah. everything. Well, it's going to be a good summer for movies, so you're gonna hear, yeah. you'll be hearing a lot more nerdy Sean this um, <laughs> next few shows. I'll probably be mentioning some of the movies I've seen. Man, I still I need, to, I need to catch up. What is the recent one? Iron Man? I haven't seen that Iron one. Iron Man 3. I, yeah. I'm the same boat. I can't really go out. I mean, I got three kids, so me going to movies is very hard, very hard to do. I just don't like crowds, man. So, oh, <laughs> he, here's here's what I wanted to mention on on the show. Um, I want to kind of champion the movie Cloud, the movie Cloud Atlas. Oh. Um, I just we, my wife and I just watched it. It's done by the uh, creators of the Matrix movie. Um, mm. uh, the Wachowski. It was the Wachowski brothers, but one of them is now called Lana Wachowski. So interesting. So they're not brothers anymore. <laughs> Guess not. And they teamed up with the director of the movie Run Lola Run. I forget his name, but the movie is almost three hours long. But I think it's fascinating. I think if you're into into uh, philosophy and and big ideas, like this is definitely the movie for you. It basically follows. Um, uh, Non is non-linear, very non-linear. So it follows six souls throughout like six thousand years. So you got something that's taking place from like a someone in the in like the fourteen hundreds. It's all played by kind of the same six actors kind of show up, and it's basically their past lives, right? Because you know, in if you believe in like reincarnation or anything like anything like that, you believe that. I guess a form of reincarnation is you've lived past lives of di- as different people, right? And where you end up kind of depends on how you how you've lived your life. So yeah. say that like the villain, the villainous person, as time goes on, they're gonna get more and more barbaric. 
So mm. Hugh, Hugh Grant plays this kind of, in the 70s, you see him as this kind of seedy kind of businessman who's kind of corrupt. Well, in like the year 6,000, whatever, he's like in like a rundown earth, like post-apocalyptic. He's like this savage, you know, cannibal, <laughs> you know, is kind of the thing. So then you look at like Tom Hanks's character, the characters he plays, there's an arc of kind of a villainous sleazeball all the way to a hero, depending on all the different choices his soul has made throughout the centuries. So interesting. It's, it's an interesting arc, and I and um, I just think it's a fascinating movie. The score is incredible. The score is just the music is is great. There's a huge there's because there's a there's one scene of, around a composer and they compose uh, a Cloud Atlas um, sonata or whatever. And uh, so it's, it, the music is great. It's almost like the whole movie is kind of a symphony. And they intercut each of these different stories based on theme, not necessarily on what's going on exactly. So it's, I don't know, I don't know if I can explain it very good, but I would just encourage everyone to go out to check it out. It's out on Blu-ray right now, and watch it on Blu-ray on a gigantic screen if, if possible, because there's a futuristic part of it that's awesome. It's like kind of like a Neo-Tokyo type thing. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, I don't know. It's the kind of a, it's the kind of the most inspirational movie I've seen personally in a long time. Yeah. And it's one of those, if you're a person that's kind of wired to think this way, I think you can get a lot out of it because there's just uh, so many different layers to it. And it's based off of a book, and I guess the book is even is even better. But um, they're both kind of separate things. So if you've read the book and watched the movie, it's going to be a, a completely new experience to you too. So now that I've seen the movie, I want to read the book, but it's not. Sometimes if you read a book and then you see the movie, right. you're like, ah, you know. The book wasn't, or the movie wasn't as good. But I, I, my brother read the book and saw the movie, and he loves them both equally. So, anyway, that's my that's my spiel about that. So, Cloud Atlas, definitely check it out. Now so. available. <laughs> They're not paying me any money at all. Paramount is not giving me a dime. But Shoot. the reason why I want to kind of champion it, it went out in the theaters, and I think they just had no idea how the hell to market the thing. Right. And it just bombed. It made no money. Because it's not a, you know, it's not an action mainstream action flick. It's has moments of action in it, but it's a very deeply uh, philosophical, you know, just a lot of layers to it. And I think people just the mainstream audience just didn't really know how to. I think if people saw it, they would give it more of a chance. I feel like that that Paramount just were like, uh, let's just put this out in the theaters and see and just see where it goes, and then we'll you know, right. But, but you know, I'm glad it got made. Hopefully, I'm I'm hoping. It kind of breathes a new life on on video now, and people can kind of get a chance to see it and, and love it as much as I did. So yeah. All right, well, that's it. I think I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Man. Abrupt ending, but uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, I, I, you've probably noticed I don't really I don't I don't really have a sponsor for the show anymore. I'm kind of dropping off the sponsor thing. I don't know if it really helped anyone. <laughs> so um, it's just kind of I want to kind of just get into the show each week, and you know I don't know. So, so I think we'll kind of stay sponsor free. I think that's kind of the vibe of the show, anyway. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Sounds good. Unless someone comes along and wants to offer me X amount of dollars, <laughs> or give year. us new MacBooks, or That'd donate nice. a donate a computer. Look, if you donate a computer, I will champion your product uh, as long as it's you know a decent product that I can actually champion. Like, don't be like a condom company because I that's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know shoot if you want to donate a computer to the show 
Seriously, I, I'm being serious right now. If you want to donate a used laptop <laughs> to the show, please. Uh, I've been using my iMac, and I think I found a workaround for now, but uh, I think it's on its way out. Or uh, either that or I need to spend hours working with it. But uh, I would love to have a dedicated machine just for the show. So we'll see. I don't know. So, Joey, if you, if you, knew, if you know of anybody, man. Shoot, I'd probably take up their offer, man. I'm about to go to the Mac Star and buy myself a new one. <laughs> yeah. So, I just, you know, I kind of going on down another rabbit hole here. I, I wish, I wish I uh, the i uh, iPad was a lot more customizable because uh, yeah, I have Skype on there and I have a recording program, and I wish there was a bridge between the two. And I think, I think, uh, Boss Jock is adding on some sort of add-on in the near future. Interesting. Um, for that, but the newest i the newest iPad update killed my add-on thing that I made me, made it so I can plug in my microphone. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I don't know. Friggin' technology. Ah, uh, it frustrates it's me. A blessing and a curse. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's show. I want to thank all of you for listening, and come back next uh, next show. I believe we'll be talking process theology with Trip Fuller, but if you've listened to the show in the past, what I promise may not always come true. <laughs> <laughs> Things may change, but I mean that's the nature of podcast, man. That's why I like it so much, is because it, you know, it could change week for week, week to week, and and we'll see. So I think next weekend there may be some birthday parties with kids. I'm not sure. Um, so you know, I don't know. We'll see. Let's <laughs> see what happens, everybody. <laughs> So, uh, Joey, any last minute things you want to bring up? Are we good? We're good, man. All right. And, uh, follow the show on Twitter, the AXPX. You can also follow Skeptic on Twitter. It's SK. Oh, shit. Hold on. <laughs> See, I'm, it's Skeptic without the vowels. It's SKPTC underscore CA on Twitter. Because some jerk, some jerk, Took skeptic with the what I wanted, took the Twitter handle, and has never used it. Mm. So therefore, I don't know what I can do. I'm, I'm being selfish about it. I'm like, can I? Can we? Can we get Twitter just to shut him down? <laughs> 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 but follow that on Twitter. Uh, go to theaxpx.com. All the links are there. There's a link to skeptic. There's a link to all the podcasts. Uh, also, if you're somebody who wants to write um has been itching to write kind of articles and thoughts on theology and religion or lack of or politics or society um let me know because i want to start filling the skeptic page full of those types of articles i want to kind of have that be the uh the hub for uh kind of free thought and articles and and things like that so and then the axpx will be strictly um i think strictly the podcast i think I don't know. So, but definitely, if you want to write, if you have, if you that's if that's been something you've been itching to do, there's a home for you here. If, uh, um, and uh, if you want, so hit us up and let us know. All right, and Joey, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, Joey Avalos. But man, I've been on a kind of like a social hiatus lately. Okay, you know? so, so don't but, contact but, Joey. Don't contact me. <laughs> but if you want to, I'll get around to chatting back with you <laughs> one of these days. One of these but, days. Uh, you also help run the uh, Facebook page too, so yeah. uh, the uh, Facebook 
dot com slash the AXPX. So we're we're around online. Yeah. So, all right. Well, all of you have a great week or a great couple weeks, depending on when we get back to the show. Uh, we'll try. I'm I'm trying to get it more regular. Um, but uh, like I said, life life has a funny way of getting in the way sometimes, and that's yeah. Totally, and the summer and the summer can get kind of sketchy yeah. with you know. But you know that's totally fine, and uh, you know we appreciate you guys listening and spread the word, please. And uh, we'll talk to all of you guys next time. Bye-bye. Oh